get ready to rev your engines because the most exhilarating season in motorsports is back. That's right, folks. Formula One is back and better than ever. This past weekend, we had a lot. Preseason testing, and this weekend, we have the first race of the season at the Bahrain Grand Prix. With new cars and new drivers, the 2023 season promises to be one of the most thrilling yet. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual spectator or just dipping your toe in the pool of Formula One after watching Drive to Survive, this season has something for everyone. So buckle up and join us as we take a deep dive into what's in store for this year's Formula One season. We're back and we're going to kick off this episode with the shortest segment, preseason testing. It was the first time we saw new cars, new liveries, refurbished liveries in action. Yet, a lot of complaining going on on social media. A lot of fans calling F1 testing, air quotes, boring. I used to be one of these people, and I still sort of am. Why is that? To me, the real talking is on the grid, the first races. F1 testing gives us some ideas. We know the cars grip when they go into corners. Yes, teams could be sandbagging, but there's some things if you really go down the technical rabbit hole, you can tell if teams have a good handle on, no pun intended, or not. In a lot of cases, we're not going to know until that first race. And let's be real. Like I said before, it's testing. There's a reason why not many, if any, fans turn out for team practices in a lot of different sports around the world. National Football League, Premier Soccer League, National Basketball Association, NBA, you name it. And let's be real, even in those circumstances, if you're going to those practices, you're most likely just seeking an autograph. Might be a little bit easier for myself in Michigan to drive down to Detroit and ask uh, Aiden Hutchinson from the Detroit Lions for his autograph than for me to fly to Bahrain and hope to catch... uh, Max Verstappen on an off lap and just ask for his autograph. So just going to be the devil's advocate there and say, there's not a lot for fans in testing. And if you're into the technical side, there is a lot there. If you're not, it's just testing at the end of the day. And unfortunately, F1 can't win here with testing. If they don't televise it, fans are going to complain. If they televise it, fans are going to complain. Unfortunately, I feel like we, as a fandom more recently, myself included, the Drive to Survive area of fans are really being prone to expect Drive to Survive drama 24-7, 365, and that's just not going to happen all the time here. However, a few things we can note from testing, Red Bull looks like they haven't skipped a beat, and Danny Rick, to me, looks to be the smartest man on the grid after this past week, given the fact McLaren looks like they're on the back foot for another season. I mean, Danny Rick, quick tangent here. Let's be real. This man just got paid to go to a better team as a reserve driver role when people thought he might take a hiatus from the sport or or go to in what a lot of fans' minds is a inferior racing league, which is IndyCar stateside here in America, which in a lot of ways I'm going to have to politely disagree with, but it's a conversation for another day. Let's transition away from preseason testing. Let's go into the bulk of today's episode, the Bahrain 
Grand Prix preview. Now, for many fans of F1, we know Formula One travels all around the world chasing tenths of a second to try to be the fastest driver on the grid. We go from North America to South America to Europe to parts of Asia, not to Africa yet, to Australia. There's so many unique cities and countries that F1 goes to, so I would be remiss if I did not mention at least a little bit about Bahrain, so bear with me here before we get into it. Bahrain is a small island country located in the Persian Gulf in the Middle East. It's situated to the east of Saudi Arabia and to the west of Qatar. Shout out to my friend Ahmed. If you've not seen that last episode regarding Jeddah and Ahmed, uh, highly, highly recommend. The country overall of Qatar, Qatar, the country of Bahrain, excuse me, Qatar is on the mind. The country of Bahrain consists of a main island, which is home to the capital city of Manana. Apologize if I butchered that to any locals listening, as well as a number of other smaller islands. Bahrain is known for its warm climate with hot summers and mild winters, and its stunning desert landscapes. In recent years, Bahrain has become a popular destination for tourists, offering a unique blend of modern amenities and ancient cultures. Whether you're interested in exploring the country's rich history, such as Formula One, relaxing on its beautiful beaches, or experiencing its bustling cities, Bahrain has something for everyone. It's also home to the first race in F1 for the 2023 season. It kind of sounded, I'm not going to lie, like an advertisement there. It truly was not. Um, So we're going to continue. Bahrain Grand Prix, 57 laps, 15 turns, and three DRS zones to start off the season. Sounds like a pretty good way to lick the stamp and send it to me. In fact, crazy enough, most of this race is being sent below sea level. The only area on the track above sea level is turn four. Fun fact for you. If the season opera is anything like last season's, get ready for chaos. Let's rewind to last season, where it was Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull, and qualifying. Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Carlos Sainz, Checo Perez. Now, if you remember this race in particular, there was a term that's been coined by others, DRS zone chicken, where essentially we had drivers slipstreaming off of each other to get the DRS zone advantage and then make their way past each other. This was specifically seen in Charles Leclerc versus Max Verstappen. Ultimately, Max Verstappen had some car issues leading to a DNF, and Ferrari took the one-two with Charles Leclerc winning, and Mercedes Lewis Hamilton taking P3. That season opener completely spun last season's the previous season's ending on its head after Max Verstappen's controversial win in Abu Dhabi. The point I get at it though is chaos is eminent coming up this weekend to say the very least. And the craziest part too if you go back to last season with Haas, all the chaos around Haas with Mazza spin being booted from the team, K-Mag coming in. K-Mag got P5 that race. I don't think a lot of people remember that. 
and it's hard not to appreciate that, especially now that I actually consumed Chipotle today, and that is the new sponsor of the Haas F1 team. Shout out to both Chipotle and Haas. For this race, though, to be honest, in this season, there's some things I'm going to expect and some things I'm not going to. Let's start with the good here. The good thing is F1 is back. The bad, it's unpredictable. The ugly, stateside in America, we got to wake up early again to get all the qualifying in. And the race on Sundays, not too bad at 10 a.m. stateside, but got to recalibrate our batteries here, folks, for uh, some earlier races. And Team Europe, watching the races, I know in America, when it comes to Vegas and Miami and everywhere else, you might be getting up a little bit or watching a little bit later, getting up earlier, yada, yada, yada. Well, Team America over here has been doing it for quite some time. Better yet, I'm sure Team Australia, New Zealand, Oceania has been doing it for way too long. So we all got our issues. Let's just watch together. Anyways, this race, though, I'm going to have to stick my money with Red Bull. Red Bull this season, it's hard to go against them, especially given the season that they had last year. The chaos in me, though, thinks that anything obviously is possible, but I don't see a different team winning outside of those top three teams of Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. Perhaps Mercedes can steal a win away. It'd be cool to see Lewis Hamilton revenge himself after going winless last season. I believe the odds, not that I am an odds person, was plus 1,000 for Lewis Hamilton to win. I believe he was tied with Checo Perez. Charles Leclerc was right around plus 125, and Max Verstappen was expected to win at minus 150. So we'll obviously see, but some chaos is going is to resume, right, based on last season. And the chaos to me will be which teams will have reliability issues early on. And traditionally, those are the more backmarker teams, such as your Williams, your Haas, teams that don't have enough money or resources to really prove the reliability in their car with extensive testing and the money required to possibly do it. But the best part about F1 testing in this upcoming race, in a lot of ways, it is a litmus test for how the season can go. And the litmus test in particular I'm looking forward to is Logan Sargent, Oscar Piastri making their debuts. You could throw Nick DeVries in there, even though he did have a race last season. Essentially, three rookies starting off on the grid. We got a lot of great storylines. Oscar Piastri versus Lando Norris. Piastri with that huge controversy from Alpine. Not joining that team. End up going to McLaren. People calling it Piastri Gate. I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger target on a driver's back before their first race in F1. Granted, I've only watched for a few seasons, but Oscar Piastri's definitely got his work cut out for him. How will that dynamic change around McLaren if the team's kind of starting to go a little bit downhill. How will Zach Brown manage that? And how will Piastri just fare compared to Lando Norris? If Piastri outperforms Lando Norris this year, that's, I was going to say something. On top of it, Logan Sargent, an American making his debut in Formula One. If you're an American, you're not a Williams fan. It's going to be behooved of you, I think, to at least root for Williams in some degree. This is the closest Literally thing America has to an F1 team, but we have an F1 driver that is American, Logan Sargent, from none other than America's basement, the great state of Florida, representing. So excited to see him back in action. 
on top of it all, I'm going to go one step further and just talk about what I'm looking forward to seeing this season or predictions rather for the Constructors' Championship. Starting from top to bottom, it's hard not to think Red Bull is going to repeat their dominance. I see Max Verstappen winning a third consecutive F1 World Championship, three times World Champion. It's hard to beat against him. I don't see Checo beating him. If anything, I would see possibly maybe Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, Science on on a prayer winning. Uh, but I, I see Red Bull winning both the Constructors and Drivers World Championship. I see Ferrari actually figuring it out and pulling ahead back to where they were. Uh, or I should say staying level. Uh, so I see, I'll see Ferrari P2. I see Mercedes back to where they were at P3. And the midfield gets pretty interesting to me. Aston Martin sees, seems like they're on the, the up and up. And, and how could I be? I would be so remiss if I not mentioned Fernando Alonso making a debut with Aston Martin. This is so intriguing to me because Fernando Alonso is one of the fastest drivers on the grid. The controversy with Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll last year at Coda with the crash that will be very spicy if that boils over into this season in any degree, given the dynamics of the team where one driver's dad literally owns the team, Lance Stroll's dad, Lawrence Stroll. And Fernando Alonso having that fine-tuned edge to actually be able to calibrate this car to the degree that maybe it needs to be calibrated to. Nothing against Seb Vettel doing that last season, but with the new regulation changes, having that experienced driver in there, again, I think is only going to help the team on the up and up. So... I like Alpine above Aston Martin. I still like Aston Martin and possibly Fernando Alonso to steal a podium. If a race wouldn't happen, I'm sure it's going to be chaos. And if that was going to happen, Vegas would be the place to do it, especially at the end of the season. But we'll see from there. I like Alfa Romero as P6. And on the decline, I got McLaren 7th. McLaren will be interesting to see how they do this season. Again, Danny Rick mentioned earlier, him leaving was maybe one of the career moves that he needed to do. Maybe Danny Rick will get back in a seat this season. Hard to say, but what I'm going to say is McLaren's on the downturn and time will tell how they do. P8, I got Haas. Haas is interesting to me. We've just kicked out Mick Schumacher, Team America for the time being, unless Andretti comes in, is essentially saying... We're going to go with drivers that are ready to drive. We're not developing anyone. We need to win. We need to score points. We're done farting around. I like the fact of bringing Hulkenberg back. He may not have been my first choice, not to get on the Danny Rick train, but obviously probably an offer was made to Danny Rick. He didn't accept it. So we got the next best driver on the grid, Hulkenberg. I'm cool with it. We'll see how he does. My expectations aren't that great. Uh, there was a great meme recently posted about um, Spider-Man and Hulkenberg looking almost like Peter Parker and it was like hear me out Spider-Man far from home and someone corrected it and said Spider-Man far from podiums and that is a great realistic possibility this year for Team Haas not really expecting much but in terms of the back marker teams I'm hoping we can obviously beat out Williams and AlphaTauri Williams I'm actually going to throw P9 a lot of people are saying Williams are going to be the worst team again and that McLaren is actually experiencing similar things that Williams has recently where this kind of historic F1 team who's just had some things get away from him 
I do and don't buy that. Williams does have some ownership with a U.S. equity firm, or a U.S. equity firm, I should say, has a lot of ownership in Williams. I think it makes sense having an American driver. I think Alex Albon is an absolute stud, especially going back to his Australian races last year. I think the team's going to surprise some people. There's been a lot of turnover with, obviously, uh, within the team itself, so I think that's going to be hard for them to come by, but time will tell with that one, so I'm, I'm optimistic. Alpha Tauri, though, is one team for me where I really, I find it hard to see them having some success this season. And I guess I would put them equivalent with Williams, but I'm going to give Williams the edge here and say Alpha Tauri is going to do worse. Nick DeVries obviously scored points in his F1 debut, which is honestly amazing when you consider how long it took George Russell to get points in his F1 debut for Williams. Granted, it was probably an inferior car. But Yuki Tsunoda is kind of in this make-or-break season, and Alpha Tauri just lost Pierre Gasly. Uh, to me, I don't know how much I really see them do that, and that's the hard part for these these younger teams. Even though we're in Formula One, you don't have that experienced driver to help really calibrate the car. And these teams that are in the back marker without that experience, I think it's gonna be hard for a lot of them to come by. I mean, at least Team Haas, we got some experience there. Granted, we're a back marker team, but those drivers have some some wherewithal of what needs to be calibrated and how to help the team out. These younger teams that don't have the resources right now or the experience, it's going to be really difficult for them. But I'm just one opinion, and obviously I've never driven an F1 car, so what do I know? But anyways, that's all I got for you today. Let me know what you predict for the F1 season coming up, and we'll be back here following the Bahrain Grand Prix. You can catch us on Twitter at underscore the DRS zone. On top of it all, we will be hosting a space following the race on Sunday. So look forward to that. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. See you out on the grid.